Welcome to the Church Digital Podcast. Through this podcast, we'll talk about the technological innovations within the church. But more than tech for tech itself, we'll address deeper questions. Is disciple making possible digitally? How should we approach the digital mission field? Can a biblically grounded church operate in digital space? Oh, and where does the metaverse fit into all this? Whether you're a big or small church, an established church or a startup church plant, the Church Digital's goal is to help churches like yours learn to be a multiplying church, digitally and physically. Our heart, that churches like yours would discover a newfound focus on disciple making that will revolutionize your church. And now, here's your host, Jeff Reed. All right, hey, we got episode 273 of the Church Digital Podcast. I'm excited about this one. I'm bringing on the most guested person in the history of the Church Digital Podcast. We'll let you figure out who it is. By the way, we are celebrating our 100,000th play right now. Literally this past week, the Church Digital Podcast had over 100,000 total plays, total streams. And, And so thank you, listening audience out there, for being awesome for being patient with us. And it's, it's interesting. We'll, we'll get into it a little bit, but we've got this guest has a special place in, in the church digital history, the podcast history we'll get into here in a little bit. But remember here with season five, we're getting into uh, the idea of taking your church to the next level digitally or in, in the metaverse. And in this context, we want to take your church to the next level digitally. And we're, we're celebrating some learning communities that Leadership Network is, is putting on. Uh, this fall, this winter, we are doing a mix-up between physical and, and digital meetups for this learning community to help churches like yours go to the next level digitally. As a matter of fact, we're, we're digging into the idea of digital discipleship and what discipleship looks like and the results of discipleship when done effectively in digital space, which actually brings me into the conversation here. Guess what? We are bringing in the most often guested person. I guess that's the right way to say that. The most person, the most person, the person who's been on this podcast in the his most in the history of the Church Digital Podcast. The person who has been on the podcast more than anyone else in the history of the Church Digital Podcast. I think that one's grammatically correct. Let's go ahead and welcome in Tyler Sansom into the conversation. Tyler, what a surprise. It's great to see you here again, my friend. I am doing well. I feel like a like a seasoned veteran at this point on this podcast. Yeah, so there's a running joke about how many times you've been on, on the podcast. It's it seems <laughs> like I like uh, we we just we really have a deep relationship. I just I love talking to you on on the podcast so much. And so um, actually, at one point I did count. I don't remember what the number is, but by far you've been on the most. Jay Cranda is number two, and we were actually trying to get Jay on here in a couple of weeks to explore some things with him. But definitely glad to have you back. That's it was by default back when back when uh, we first started doing online ministry there was there wasn't a lot of options of other people to talk to. So this is true. And, and really if you want to go all the way back, you were I think you were episode 5. Yeah. But an actual like order of recording, you were the first podcast I ever recorded. Wow, I did the not know that. First interview I ever did was with you. And you can wow. go back and listen to episode 5 or 6 and, and uh, what you won't hear is the 97 cuts of ums and ahs that I did to make that sound like clean. It was brutal back then. And I've gotten a little better, maybe a little bit. I don't I don't think we cut as much out as, as we used to way back with that first one. But hey, man, it's, it's great to have you on. As we're getting into season five here of uh, next steps, how to take that next step, how to get your digital ministry, even your metaverse ministry to the next level. 
This is what we're digging in here. And so we're bringing Tyler Sansom in for, for this conversation. You see, Tyler, uh, I asked Tyler to be part of a learning community that Leadership Network is putting on in fall uh, 2023, fall and winter 23. And so I was like, hey, Tyler, let's let's do a podcast. Let's jump on. Let's talk about what we're learning, what we're digging into. But but really also, I wanted to talk about First Capital, Church Anywhere, and how First Capital, how Church Anywhere is taking their ministry to the next level, utilizing uh, digital technology. And oh my gosh, every time I turn around, they're doing something different and something unique, and there's some new story, and, and, and it's just beautiful. Uh, but really, Tyler, just to kick this thing, well, first off, uh, hey, you've been a lead pastor like 18 months or so. I don't, I don't, we've probably had this conversation on, on this show. Like right at 18 months. How's, how's it feel 18 months into this thing? Like, are you, are you energized? Are you exhausted? What, 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 what's the average day feel like for you? Yeah, man. When I finally got past the, um, uh, realization that I'm probably not going to be the traditional style of lead pastor and then got into like kind of my own groove of what, of what to, to, to do and fill my day with, um, it, it got really, um, really energizing for me. Um, so I'm loving what I'm doing. Doesn't look like probably any other lead pastor in the country, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm loving it. The church is growing and, um, God is really moving like crazy here right now. Yeah, I think it's safe to say you're not the typical lead pastor. Right before we jumped on the show, he was showing off his, what was it, Christian Film Festival number two trophy. It's a big, yeah. giant, four foot, 30 pound deal. And, <laughs> um, yeah, so, he, you know, your your typical lead pastor isn't directing uh, an award winning Christian film uh, like uh, is I Can is, is this next one, right? Yeah, I Can, yeah. Uh, awesome. So just real quick, disclaimer, when's that coming out? What? Give give me a 10-second spiel. It, it will be out late summer, um, so likely end of July, early August will be the theatrical run. And right now, man, it's looking like it's going to be out in theaters all across the country, um, from Palm Springs, Florida, all the way to Spokane, Washington. So really excited. Very cool. So I've got to drive three hours north to get to Palm Springs, but that that will be worth it. We'll, we'll try to we'll try to get it there in in Miami. Try, try to get it in Miami. I mean, <laughs> let me I'll make some calls for you. See if see if I can pull in a favor. I do meet in a church. My my church meets in a theater. So hopefully, there you go. hopefully I, I got an inside track there, but probably there not because they're grumpy. I make them get up at like seven thirty <laughs> on a Sunday morning. But that's that's another conversation. So hey, let's let's get into this as we're talking about. Um, uh, first capital about church anywhere taking these next steps and getting their digital ministry to the next level. Now, Tyler, the the heart as as we've had these conversations, the thing that I love about what you're doing and, and the heart of, of first capital is really getting into the idea of uh, of the discipleship process of of your of your spiritual outfitters of this outfitting that that you've done. And man, give us an update. Maybe define a little bit what d- discipleship looks like for your church in digital space, um, and, and maybe some of the opportunities it opens up. Yeah, the the spiritual outfitting aspect of who we are is something that we implemented right around two years ago. Um, it's something we've been talking about for a while. We finally like pulled the trigger on it a couple of years ago, but it is a massive philo- philosophical shift in ministry that moves away from the weekend service being king and shifts our focus to how do we get our people to feel um, equipped and outfitted to go out and share the gospel, um, to self-feed, to be in biblical community outside of the church. 
So that's uh, that, that sounds great in theory, but in practicality, that is a massive shift in how American church does ministry. Um, it required us to get our entire staff on board. Uh, it requires us to constantly keep ourselves in check. But what's happened is that we've started this focus that's more geared towards equipping the saints. And in return, we've seen more evangelism happen. So even though our target hasn't been, let's go lead more people to Jesus through these programs, it's been, hey, let's build up these people. And then those people go and lead people to Jesus. And since we've started this, we've like nearly tripled in the amount of baptisms that we've seen. Um, it's truly incredible. I'm, I'm praising God every day to be a part of it. That's great. So it's it's funny. We, churches talk about this all the time, right? We're we're not about the weekend. We're we're bigger than the weekend. The b- weekend's the, the the front door, but yet when you really look at, at churches, it's so difficult to move beyond that weekend broadcast and, and and to have there be more than the weekend service, more than the weekend broadcast, and, and because it's so centric to the idea of of church, at least here in the West. Uh, but, you know, some of the some of the stats that I've heard, even just you talking about how baptisms have, what'd you say, baptisms have tripled um, yeah, almost, in, in the yeah. time since, uh, almost tripled uh, with the focus away from, like their their churches are skeptical and they're fearful of doing something different might actually cause um, harm, more harm than good in that. But yeah. Tyler, like some of the things that you're seeing and some of the, uh, like, I would love to hear some stories or some other examples of how moving away from the weekend service has has actually now you still do it but moving away from the emphasis and the focus on that has opened up more opportunities yeah um even even within the weekend service the emphasis has been really moved away from seekers um so that that's a huge shift as well um so i mean we're we're literally taking like ancient liturgy right now and making it modern so we're doing like group readings and we're reciting creeds and all these like things that you wouldn't think to do in modern seeker friendly church. And people are going deeper with Christ and that's causing them to go out of our building, out of our online experiences and um, share the gospel with people. But beyond that, the supplemental things, I mean, we're um, utilizing digital tools on a literal daily basis, whether that's in small groups, um, using um, like Slack or text messages or whatever we want to use for that. Um, we're just, we're relationally invested in our our people, um, the people that we've been called to shepherd. We're relationally invested in them on a daily basis, simply because we can now with digital tools. And we're not like going out and coding new types of software or anything. We're just using the things that are available to us to point people to Jesus um, on the 167 hours that are not the weekend service. So we still do a weekend service. We still try to do it with excellence. We've shifted the focus more towards discipleship. But then we've recognized that once those people leave, they need to continue to be outfitted. Um, they still have mental health struggles. They still need to learn how to read the Bible. They still need to learn how to have healthy marriages. And that's where a lot of our shift has taken place is in um, those kind of felt needs areas. So like, let, let's back up to the, to the, to the service. Like you're, you're, you're equipping people to be on mission. You're, you're, you're caring for individuals within the church service, the focus I mean, your would you say your focus is internal as opposed to external? But it's 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 internal, missional. Like so, what, it's what it's is- strange. Our focus isn't about our people. We've really tried our best to shift our focus to 
worshiping God, period. Is that, I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's, it's less about the who's our target audience um, being people. And we've shifted to our target audience is God. And that should be the only target audience that we have. And so that feels a lot older. Like it feels like, um, like ancient, but it's also like weirdly fresh in today's society. Um, so we still do like modern music and things like that, but we've really just geared it towards how can we help our people? How can we outfit them to like fully worship God? And then the outpouring of that is, um, a missional community that's unleashed into society. That's incredible. I mean, by, by making it about God, you've actually done the thing that you wanted to do. But if you made it about the missional community and, and getting them activated, like it, it wouldn't have happened, or at least traditionally, we don't, we don't see that happen. Yeah. Those it, results happen it's, 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 it's kind of like whenever Peter walked on water, um, like he, he did it. He was able to do something nobody else was able to do. He walked on waters as long as he was focused on Jesus. But the minute that he wasn't focused on Jesus and he was focused on like the storms around him and the wind and things like that, the things that weren't as powerful as Jesus, that's when he sank. And we're seeing this decline in modern Christianity where the less that we focus on the main thing and we start all these programs and all these things that we say are in Jesus's name, and they probably are at the best intentions. Um, we're starting to see this massive decline, but I, I think the church is kind of calling him, calling us back to his lordship and the focus being back on Jesus. All everything else is just peripheral tools that we get to use to point people to Jesus. Totally. So with the learning community that we're doing here with Leadership Network, we're going to be talking, the digital discipleship learning community, we're going to be talking about uh, the outfitters and, and how uh, churches like yours can make this pivot, make this shift uh, away from um, uh, focuses and, and processes that that aren't helpful and, and start to move maybe towards, hey, let's, let's put our focus on, on Christ, on God, and see what happens as a result. Now, what's what's interesting with First Capital Christian with, with Church Anywhere, by the way, do I call it First Capital or do I call it Church Anywhere? Like you guys have been in the I don't know, man. Thing for Nobody we, yeah, we, we just gave up on trying. You can call us whatever you want. It was one of those deals where it was a big deal for a while and then now we just don't care. <laughs> that's that's awesome. So as, as we're talking about this, but we're seeing through First Capital and through Church Anywhere, uh, now that there's, there's there's a discipleship focus and, and there's an understanding of who Christ is, they want to exude that and they want to share that. There's a missional opportunity that they're they're able to realize in, in digital space. Uh, they're leaning into digital communities. They're they're championing new ideas within the ministry. And and so, uh, man, Tyler, was it, just maybe tell me about some of these outpourings that, as you said, some of some of these outputs where we're now we're starting to see uh, a, a a missional church that's activated that's heading into digital community as, as a way to, uh, to reach people. Just tell me a couple of stories. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that we have just pounded into the heads of our people over the last two years is that we want every Jesus follower to have a Jesus cause. Like not, it's not, it's not enough that we're a church that wants to be missional. Like we want every individual to also be on mission and we want them to do that in an area of passion. So one of the outpouring specifically digitally has been, people coming to us and saying, Hey, I have this area of passion. How, I don't know how to get involved though. And our default answer is a microsite. <laughs> um, so it sprouted up like, I don't know, 15 new microsites or something over the last couple of years, but it's people ministering in their sweet spots. So we've got a microsite right now at a CrossFit gym. Um, we've got a microsite, um, 
about an hour and a half away at an elementary school that's like an after school program. There's all these ones that have sprouted out simply from encouraging people to follow these passion areas. Um, and all of that is obviously digitally, um, that we're using digital content, uh, in, in infused. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's one of the ways, uh, another way is, um, with the shift on discipleship, we've seen a lot of baptisms, but we didn't want people to just be baptized and then kind of like figure out what's next on their own. So we've been intentional of trying to pair each person that's been baptized with a mentor for the first six weeks of their journey with Christ. Um, so very relational and it doesn't have to be in person or online. It can be either. Uh, we created six weeks worth of curriculum that is all done through like a, um, it's not an app, but it's like a mobile friendly webpage. So every time someone gets baptized, they, um, they are paired with a guide who guides them through this daily curriculum using digital content. It's all asynchronous. We've seen tremendous discipleship happen from that. It turns out like people are excited whenever they first get baptized, but they don't really usually have, um, quite the direction that they need. This provides them with the ability to have direction. Uh, we've seen digital um, small groups happen, digital leadership trainings um, happen using asynchronous communication. Um, I teach every month um, via Zoom to our microsite in India who found us through Facebook. Like it's just been, feels like I'm in part of a circus and God's just like the, the circus master and I get to be a part of it. That's what it feels like over the last two years. So... That's what I, that's what I love about First Capital. It's like they never say no; they say yes, and then they figure out how how to make it happen. And uh, the the volunteer core, the the um, the you know the number of volunteer missionaries, volunteer uh, micro church leaders, like the passion they serve on, like it's just it's beautiful to to watch that from afar. I'll I'll add to that part. Like one of the things we've noticed out of this outfitting is like people really want to serve. Like they, they, they really do. They want to do it, but they don't always just want to like hold a baby on a weekend service or open the doors for people. There are untapped potential areas that people in, in churches all over the country have, um, that simply they just need help finding their passion area. And we've got to realize that, um, that at, at first capital, we've seen that happen both online and in person. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit. You said async a couple times, and that's that's always encouraging because I talk async. But I would love to get in a, a little bit more detail as we we talk about, um, you know, what context are you using async? What what platform? How to, how does it look like? Like, put a little skin on the bones. Let's let's define that a little yeah. bit. Uh, I'll do the the one that I am most involved in right now because there's multiple ways that we do this. Um, the one that I'm most involved in is I'm taking a group of guys through a leadership training cohort. Um, these are um, not only in-person people. So this is potential future leadership of the church type people that I want to pour into. Um, I've got 12 of them or 11 of them in a group right now. And every morning um, we do uh, a journey Bible study is what we call it, a journey group, where I post a small chunk of scripture within a Slack channel. And then throughout the day, we do um, observations and applications that come into our mind from that small portion of study. And then we pray together. Um, so that sounds really simple, but it has really grown us closer together as a group of people. Because throughout the day, if someone writes something that I didn't think about, then I 
usually respond. And so do the other people. And so it ends up being a group of men who are constantly talking to each other, even though we're several hours apart sometimes um, in response time and location. So that's one of the the, the ways that um, recently we've seen a lot of success are these like small journey groups that we use Slack for um, that it's really just like obedience-based Bible study. Hmm. And so how, I mean, I'm not a Slack fan. We were joking about that off air. I, I dedicated most of my life to Slack. No, no kidding. Like I've used Slack for a decade. And um, anyway, I'm, I'm a Discord guy now, but that's okay. It's like, I, I still love you for it. Even Salesforce, not so much, but that's okay. Um, but so like how much, one of the things like churches, I would suggest, they've really struggled with, with async um, to make it really be effective. Now, what, what I've traditionally heard in the past is, is throwing a bunch of people into, into an async or like a Facebook group or, or like a Slack or a Discord and not really managing it well but what what i'm hearing from you is like you're you're working small groups into that so yeah it's the more smaller like how, the how smaller the better smaller the better pull that thread talk to me yeah i have 11 in mind yeah, i have 11 in mind um matthew one of our staff members is in one that he's got six or three couples so six total people megan um who is like a online legend as well um she is in she leads one for women and she had about seven other women in that one um we we're in like the pilot season of this right now. So we, we wanted to launch about um, six or seven groups that are potential leaders. And in the fall, we're going to do this church wide, both in person and online. Um, but all of them have come out of it saying that this was the closest small group they've ever had um, just because they're constantly in communication. Um, it doesn't feel like a group. It doesn't feel like those annoying group chats. It feels like a very pointed one. And it holds people accountable this way. So because it's asynchronous and like the notifications come all throughout the day um, rather than at like one time, you can't really hide. Like it's obvious whenever you miss a day. <laughs> so um, so there's an accountability that happens there. Um, that's why I'm a proponent of making them smaller. If there was a hundred people in this one group, it would be really easy to hide. But like six or seven, if you're the only one not responding, like it's pretty obvious that you're not fully invested. And then at that point, we probably would have a conversation with them and say like, Hey, I don't think this is for you. This is for the people that want to go. And so having that accountability, keeping, keeping it small now. And I've seen groups that have big and small where there's, where's a mix to that, where you get critical mass and critical energy in, in the large, but, but having that accountability, um, transparently in front of people, you know, I mean, there, when, when we talk about don't, don't forsake the, the gathering of the believers, like the implication there is, is daily. There was a daily gathering um, in in uh, in the Acts context in the early church context, and so utilizing async is a great way uh, to relive that to get to know people. And so, like this is just one of many things that we're going to talk about within the learning community and try to coach up on how to utilize these digital tools and 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 to engage in digital communities missionally better. Now. Um, one of the things that, that I loved, you almost made me cry, Tyler. Like we, we had like a, I'll just be honest, before we pressed record, Tyler and I had like a 10 minute conversation and it just, man, it, he just, he just warmed my heart. Um, Tyler said the words, uh, obedience based groups. And, and I, I, I just started to tear up. Um, and, and so Tyler, uh, while, I, while I'm off camera and, and, and dabbing my eyes a little bit here again, why don't you talk a little bit about what you're doing with the obedience based groups? Yeah, it goes directly into these asynchronous 
uh, group. So that the asynchronous uh, digital communities are the method that we're doing this. But essentially, it's a scripture a day, uh, like a, a portion of scripture. Right now, we're working through the Gospel of Matthew, so it's a like essentially each subsection. Um, so today we did like Matthew sixteen one through seven. So it's seven verses, and um, the goal is for people to look back. How has the scripture applied in the last week to their life? Look up um, and pray that God would reveal what he wants um, from that scripture in their life and then look forward. And like we say out loud, here's how we're going to use this in the next day or week, um, which goes back to that accountability. The problem is most small groups that I've ever been a part of have been like, hey, let's go. um Let's go meet at someone's house and we're going to spend 25 minutes listening to like an Andy Stanley sermon. And then we're going to talk about it. And we might come out of that better because we have more knowledge. Um, but we don't really talk about how we're going to put that into practice. Uh, we've kind of skipped the, um, lesson portion and went straight to God's word portion and have asked people and in front of each other asked God to use that in our lives and keep us accountable. So that's the obedience-based part of the asynchronous learning community that we have going on. If churches today can figure out how to hold their people accountable, um, the the church will be successful missionally. Um, churches struggle with, with accountability. Actually, I was coached um, maybe a year or so ago, it actually not publicly say the word accountable because you can't that you can't say that in 2023. But uh, I'm not, you know, by the church holding someone accountable, the church isn't telling the person what to do. The church is saying, "What is God telling you to do?" And hey, let's 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 do that. Uh, and so there's there's actually a a, a a a mild dose of humility. The church is releasing control in that situation, allowing the person to connect directly with God to find out what their you said calling earlier like what their what their calling is and then the church is posturing themselves to say okay now that you know what their calling is how can we the church humbly humbly help yeah how can we outfit you to achieve that calling like that's where the outfitter came from we're on it we're all on some kind of journey with jesus and each of us have a different we call it gps so gifts passion and story we all got a different gps coordinate um, how can we outfit you as a church to get to your intended location that God wants you to get to? That's how we've pitched it to our people. Yeah, that's 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 so good, and and you're, we're going to help you get there and, and and do what God's led you to do, and that that opens. It's it's funny, you know, you're talking before about being so widespread that gets you to, hey, what are we doing in India? And hey, what are we doing with a movie? And hey, what are we doing in worship? And all of a sudden, you know, you're all over the map. Uh, because you're empowering others to do what God's calling them to do, and they're they're leading and you're supporting, as opposed to you leading and and, and being overstretched. You're empowering others in, in that in that mission. So, um, talk to me a little bit here. Uh, like you you mentioned India real briefly, and, and I'm sure there's other outputs and things that that you're doing. Um, what, what exactly are you doing in India? So we're doing two things in India right now. Um, I say two things like they're tiny, but they're both pretty big. Um, the first one is we have a microsite in India um, who this is a crazy story, but the guy connected with us on Facebook while he was in seminary. Um, he had already given his life to Christ, but for, I don't know how he found us on Facebook, but he connected, watched us for about a year before he ever even reached out. Um, and finally reached out and asked for a Zoom call. So Megan and I jumped on it and we found out that 
Um, he was listening to our outfitter series about being on mission. He thought he needed to do something about it. So he started a, a house church um, in his house uh, using our material. And uh, then he felt like he wasn't doing enough. So he decided to go out into one of the villages and start a second church. So he's pastoring two churches. Um, got about 45 people in his house and probably another 30 to 40 people in his village all through the Church Anywhere network. And so he wanted to connect to see if we could become partners more than him just watching and doing what we say. And I said, yeah, what does that look like? So we recently have helped them build a well um, or like have some fresh water in in their area. But beyond that, um, I preach live for them once a month via Zoom. Um so that's a crazy connection with, with India right there, but it goes back to the um, like outfitters and figuring out how to disciple people. And we somehow like discipled and inspired this guy all the way in India through Facebook messenger. And now I have a personal relationship with him and his 45 people that meet in his um, house. So I preach um, once a month and he translates every few words. So it's the slowest sermon of all time. <laughs> Um, yeah, the second thing from India is we do digital missions in India. We um, do a thing called Perspectives in our area. That's like a 10-week course on becoming a missionary. And the people that graduate that, uh, many of them have like huge desires for, for that type of ministry, but no means to go overseas. So we partnered with CV Outreach, and um, we're doing felt needs ministry to India right now. And we're averaging somewhere around 170 to 180 people a week that we're connecting with. Uh, and the team's about 18 people. So hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. 170 to 180 people define connecting. Is that, is that text? Is that email? Is that voice? It's uh, email, email and WhatsApp. Email and WhatsApp. So te- text. Yeah. And uh, what's, what's really cool is that we've, we've onboarded some natives. So like we have people who have come to Jesus through this ministry who are now on the team as digital missionaries to India, but they're in India. Okay. So, um, a small church and a medium sized church in Corden, Indiana with small town in uh, Indiana, uh, is currently, um, onboarding digital missionaries to reach people in India. Like you guys have misspelled the state, Indiana to India. It doesn't matter. You're figuring out how to, yeah, we just, we, we accidentally messed up and we figured it out. (laughs) typo for forget that let's just go ahead and and stick with the plan (laughs) that's 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 awesome so like you've got how did this start you had people that were called to india yeah well no we we had people that were called to missions that couldn't go be missionaries due to financial or health or whatever and uh so i said what well what about this we've already been doing felt needs ministry for a long time um one-on-one like here in the states uh, started with our own website, then partnered with CV, and then now we've added on He Gets Us and Glue. Um, what if we tried this in India? We have a Google ad grant. We could probably make that work. And they said, yeah, let's do it. Um, actually, I just said, what if we tried it overseas? The team voted on India. That's the one that they all decided they wanted to go for first. So that's how that came came about. That, that that's incredible, and so it's it's a it's a it's a course uh, perspectives, and just the output of that, uh, you help to activate people and help them find mission by doing it digitally to engage into a community literally on the other side of the planet, um, which is Correct. which is resulting in discipleship to the level of knowledge you're onboarding 
Indian natives to effectively reach India natives through your your system. Like this is, it's, yeah, it's a so beautiful cool. level of of multiplication discipleship. I cannot wait, cannot wait to get to eternity future and like. I want. I just want to be there sometime when, like, one of our India team members from like Podunk, Indiana, gets to meet someone from a village in India, and they're only there because this guy reached out in Corden, and they they get to see each other for the first time. Like that that image just like it makes me tear up. The idea that that God's that big. And and once again, like through the learning communities, we're trying to highlight different ways that through discipleship digital discipleship, you can activate people and help them find uh, a digital purpose in, in ministry, a, a digital calling. And something here like a perspectives course, which equals activating people on mission on the other side of the planet. Um, I mean, this is this is a beautiful story. You know, one, one of the other stories that, that I just, I know from a personal level with Tyler is the stuff that, that First Capital's done with He Gets Us. Uh, and that, you know, that's been a, a campaign through Glue and a number of different other partners that, that I've done a lot of work with and, and we'll be ramping up even more in, in the near future, hint, hint. Um, but, but for now, Tyler, talk a little bit about uh, maybe some of your experiences, you and your church's experience with He Gets Us. Yeah, we jumped on board really early on with them, actually through you, you onboarded us, um, but like right at the, the beginning of this thing. And um Right now we're at, we are averaging around 130 ish connections to people, um, to people that are engaging per month, which we didn't know. That's just like normal for us. We didn't realize that was like four or five times the amount that most churches are doing. So we've been like wearing ourselves out and building this team, but it's all, it's all for like a great purpose. Um, we've connected with man story after story. Uh, the one, the one of them that highlight. Um, that's not super happy, but was um, pretty hard ministry. Was I connected with somebody around Thanksgiving last year who had um, had their son had committed suicide and she had found him. And I connected with her through glue uh, about two days after that happened. And we ended up talking on the phone for a while, ended up helping her get into some counseling. And she was about three and a half hours from me. So like not, it wasn't like my neck of the woods. Um, but these are real people that have real um, and urgent needs. And it's just like an honor to be able to uh, have a team that connects with those kind of people. That's just one of the, you're right, that's not a, it's not a happy story. Uh, and there, there's a lot of unhappy stories. But one of the things I love about He Gets Us and, and the churches that are part of, of Glue's Explorers program is that there are churches that are willing to have those hard conversations and there's people and volunteers that are willing to, to almost be digital missionaries engaging in a way with, uh, with spiritual explorers and people that are, that are seeking answers. Um, I, Tyler, I've never heard that, that story. Two, literally two days after uh, there, she found her her child um, yeah. on suicide. It, like you're, you're. That's that's one. front lines, man. Yeah, none of none of these. Um, like we watch the he gets us commercials, and we don't realize how intense that some of these conversations are going to be. But I mean, that's that's what happens when you step into people's messes. Like Jesus came for the sick, not for the the healthy. Um, so it, his church is going to step into those situations as well. And for some reason, online, at least in my experience over the last like decade. Online, people are more apt to open up about the hard stuff. Um, so this is, I always tell our team, like you're on one of the hardest teams that we have as a church because you're stepping into some serious mess. 
Um, and it's hard to sustain, but well worth it when you have conversations that end up in a positive light where you can actually help someone. What's beautiful about this story is this woman was three and a half hours away from your church. Um, and so I'm, I'm willing to bet knowing you, you weren't like, Hey, well, you should come to our church building. Like you, you, you took the time to minister to this person without the direct benefit of, of having them be in the church building to go against some metric somewhere. Like you minister to her regardless of the fact of where she was located. Yeah. I will say this now more comfortably than I've said it in the past because my church is a lot more comfortable with me saying this now that I'm the lead guy. Um, I just, I just don't care if they come here. I, I, I would, I want them to come here. I'll care about them and deeply care about them here. Um, but man, I'm going to stand before God someday and it's not going to be a um, who had the most church attenders as a pastor contest. It's going to be who went out to the least of these um, and and helped them. And if my motive is only to get them to come to my church, I am like dramatically missing the point of this whole thing. Right there. That's next level thinking. You know, if if we can if we can move beyond the butts and seats metric and start to recognize maybe what digital relationships are, what relationships are, and, and what discipleship and what for care for people needs to look like in digital and how that can help the church, uh, whether physical or this is this is a beautiful story and a, and a beautiful example. And, and I'm sorry it costs the, the 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 life of a of a of a person here to tell this story. But man, this is the potential that we have, even through utilizing like Glue's Spiritual Explorers Flores program to to champion uh, ministry to reach the people that our buildings are not going to reach. Now, Tyler, let me let me ask this. Um, 130 people a month that's that's 33 people a week that's that's five to seven conversations a day um you're you're like I, I just not to be facetious but you're not having all those conversations yourself you know I know Megan's busy as well you and Megan are not having all these conversations you mentioned earlier a team like how how, how have you brought on volunteers to have some of these hard conversations what does that look like yeah, we've 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 been really selective with this group simply because it really is kind of the front lines. Um, so this is more high level people we trust. I think there's ten on our team right now. For he gets us maybe eleven. I would have to go look. We've onboarded a couple of people in the last couple of weeks, but these are people that have either expressed interest in ministry or they're like higher level capacity types of people that haven't necessarily found their place in physical ministry yet, but like want to help the kingdom and people. That's the types of people that we have on a team. Did they, did they approach you or you approach them? Cause I'm thinking outfitters, like has somebody come out of the outfitters program and said, I want to do this. Or, or is this the one area where you're like self-selecting people and grabbing them out? Well, this is kind of um, a perfect example of outfitters. It's, Oh, you need a, you, this is your strength and you need a place to serve. Okay. Well, here's what we can offer if this would be of interest to you. Um, so that's kind of awesome. how that worked. And, uh, so like, once again, through the Explorers program, glue, he gets us in, in church cares. And there's so many other, uh, glue systems that are, are out there that just, uh, before the Explorers program, so much opportunity, 
Uh, but you've got to disciple people. You've got to take them through a process to start to be able to handle some of these hard conversations. Like, could you imagine a volunteer engaging with someone who's, um, whose son had died two days earlier? That's a hard conversation for a pastor, much less a volunteer. That's happened. So that's happened to our volunteers. Maybe not that exact scenario, but things equal to uh, that level of intensity. And they know that it's okay to say, I don't know. Let me pass it on to the person that can help you. Um, and we know that too. That's why we have counselors that are operating out of our building um, so that we can send them to, to those. You know, as, as much as I've, I've talked with like American Association of Christian Counselors, uh, Dr. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name right now. Dr. Carl over there uh, and, and others, you know, the language has been around like volunteers handling these difficult situations. Here's a next level tip. You want to offload it to a volunteer. You want your volunteer to run with a ministry like the Spiritual Explorers. But there's there's a certain level that a volunteer can't do. And so the volunteer is really expected to triage. Hey, if you engage with somebody at that level of, of a complex, difficult situation, a volunteer doesn't need to run away from it. The volunteer needs to be comfortable enough to engage it. But just like Tyler said, be comfortable with, hey, you know what? I don't... I don't know the exact answer for that one. Can, can I can I get you connected to somebody who's maybe a little better equipped to handle the situation? There's no shame in running away from something like that. As, as a matter of fact, there, there's courage that you're able to engage in that conversation and be sensitive enough to be aware that, hey, I, I'm not the, I can't take this one to the finish line. I've got to be able to, to hand it off. Uh, and so this is this is a beautiful conversation. Talk to me a little bit, because I know that in the past that you've done things with um uh, in influencers, like you did an, an influencer course, I believe, or something like that. And, uh, you know, I know Megan was doing a lot of interesting things with TikTok and you were exploring that with some other, other volunteers. What, what happened as a result of, of all that? Is that, is that still going? What, what's, what's up? Yeah. So some of them are still going, um, some of them didn't become influencers because, you know, the internet's hard. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's still an effective ministry. Probably the biggest success story, um, for a person that went through influencer 2.0, um, is a, a couple named the Guernseys who started a cooking show. Um, and they started this like food network style cooking show on YouTube because they like to cook and they share the gospel through that. And they've got a Facebook group now of like a thousand people and they share recipes and all kinds of stuff with them. Um, but a big win for us was we did a Seder meal asynchronously, um, on Passover week. So the, like on Holy week and, um, we had people meeting here in the church building. We had people meeting in homes. We had people meeting in Uganda, Africa, like all, all over the place. And the Guernseys used their cooking show to teach us how to prepare the Seder meal. Um, so it came full circle, um, in that area. So yeah, the influencer thing is still going. Um, those are sometimes fast, fast builds and sometimes slow builds, but that's one way that we're using social media, at least to reach yeah. people. For um, it's, it's, let me ask it with your influencer program. Is there, you know, often I've, I've thought about, it's funny, right when I started the church digital, I wrote a blog, uh, about how. Your great aunt Ruth, who's really good at uh, pistachio pudding, uh, is has influence and in, and in, in how like she should use that for social media. Actually, that was the heart behind us us writing Dr. John and I writing. Um, oh my gosh, I just blanked on the name of the book, Sharing Jesus Online. Um, 
Yes, I did on my podcast just admit that I'd forgotten the name of the book that I wrote like three months ago. You can you can flag that one and, and throw it at me later. Um, but you've got, you know, through sharing Jesus line, everybody's got influence. Uh, and, and so there's there's that approach to influence. And then is are you do you looking at influence that way? Or are you looking at a more of of the specialized kind of influencer track? Yeah, it both. Um, so we encourage encourage people both in person and online to use whatever platform they have to share uh, Jesus. Uh, the the exact language that we use is we want every person to keep their eyes open, looking for every opportunity to show people Jesus through their actions. So that could be in person, could be online. But we say that at the end of every time we meet as a group of people. Um, but yeah, the, the influencer 2.0 training was more specialized around like a skill set or a platform. So say that, say that plumb line again, like what, what do you, what do you, is it? Yeah. We want every person to keep their eyes open, looking for opportunities to show people Jesus through their actions. Can be in person, could be online. Uh, wow. Online. Just through their actions. Yeah. So show that's people. What, that's our definition of being a church that's on mission. And that, I mean, that, I guess, resonates with the audience, right? I mean, that's that's one yeah. of the reasons why you think you've been able to activate them so well? I think so, yeah. We say that all the time. And then a cause, a Jesus cause, we define that as a focused effort to help people find and follow Jesus through their area of passion. So everyone should be on mission always, but then we want everyone to have one lane that they're like all in and passionate about. I, I tell you what, I hope you're writing this down. Or better yet, you can join us for the uh, learning community, um, leadnet.org slash DLC, digital learning community. This is what we're doing with Tyler Sansom here um, in the fall 23. By by the way, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and say this. Uh, coupon code, Tyler, leadnet.org slash DLC. Get $100 off by using the coupon code Tyler. This is, but what what we want you to see here is that these are just incredible ways to. This is this may work for your church. This may not work for your church. But these are just opportunities, examples of how we can onboard people missionally. But it starts with a discipleship process where you're you're training them and activating them, and then releasing them physically or digitally, however you know they feel called by God and in being the church that is going to be activating them regardless of what direction they're being called to, whether it makes sense in context of the church or outside, you're part of that process to, to see them towards what they're, what they're calling or what their cause is for This This, this is so good. You know what? I know, no, Tyler, man, listen, your church is doing all sorts of stuff artistically. It just did the, I can movie we talked about. I know, I know there's been some, some, uh, expanses musically with worship. And we, we talked about some of the, the high church methodology before, but then you've got some new balances. And, and so kind of update me a little bit with what's going on with your church overall artistically. Yeah. I mean, obviously people are watching content like in a bizarre amount, like six to eight hours a day on, on phones, they're consuming content. And so we, we just want to be part of that. Um, so we've take, taken like an entrepreneurial um, route to what we call creative outfitting. Uh, the movie is one example of that, but like just the movie social media last, last month reached 1.6 million people. Um, and then we're using the same funnel to get them into community that we would with any other digital ministry. Um, 
our worship team is uh, committing to write one song a month with the goal of eventually being 60 to 70% all original songs written for our community. Um, but they've recognized that that's an area that they could release these songs online um, and use some digital market marketing methods to share the gospel with people in a different way. Um, we're doing a lot of that stuff for jails and prisons. So we're making a, a mini series right now, a narrative mini series um, that will be on every tablet of every offender in the state of Indiana. Um, so we're just taking pretty much anything that we can throw on a wall. And if it sticks, we're going <laughs> to we utilize um, digital practices to get that out to as many people as possible in the creative space. Yeah. So I, it didn't even occur to me that you were going to use I Can, the movie, as a way to onboard a people and get people connected to, to your oh, church. Yeah. That's the whole, that's the whole point of it. Yeah. So we partnered with the guys from the chosen and right at the, at the front, we just said, Hey, we don't care if we make money or any of that off of this. The goal of this is to get as many eyeballs to hear on this project so that as many people can hear this message of redemption as possible. And then beside that, we wrote um, small group curriculum, um, a 40 day devotional, and we're hosting all of that on our website. Um, and so we would just funnel them down the same way we would through church anywhere. It's just a different avenue. That's, that's, that's beautiful. Uh, and just once again, it's, it's all of these, I mean, anything artistically, digitally has an opportunity to connect up to the church where it's even, um, you know, the influence that the, that the filmmakers, that, that the musicians, all of this funnels into uh, some sort of a process that leads people back to Christ, that leads people back to the church, back to a better uh, understanding. Can I give you? Can I give you one quick story of that? Sure. So we we, we had some screenings of I can um, for select people um, because we wanted like feedback and things like that. And um, one of them, I didn't know the guy. He was invited by one of our other producers. He's from Texas. Drove ten hours to get here. Basically, he was just like, I don't know why I'm here. Um, afterwards he wrote us on Facebook and, uh, he said, I didn't know why I came to Indiana, but as soon as I started watching the film, I realized that God brought me there to leave as a free man because their story in the movie mirrored my wife and I's story. And I've been struggling with this guilt for the last decade. And God spoke to me that evening and I'm never going to be the same. And I, I'm like crying as I'm reading this message, but that guy's worshiped with us through church anywhere every week since then. So all the way in Texas, we now have a family that we worship with simply through this creative means. Um, so that's that's kind of what I meant by it. it's just a separate avenue, but it all funnels back into the helping people find and follow Jesus. And then how in turn can we outfit them to go do the same? Man, what a, what an incredible story! And and and, and prayerfully, we'll we'll see more um, come so. from come from the movie. By the way, the first movie ever made about softball, right? Yeah, it's crazy, crazy. Yeah, I never never. You told me that and I was like, there's, there's gotta be. And of course I went to a league of their own, but no, that was, that was women playing baseball, baseball not yeah. softball. Uh, so who knew anyway, um, what church, church leader, pastor, what I want you to see here is that Tyler and through first capital is taking the church to the next level, utilizing digital. And do I want you to, to your church to make a movie? Well, actually, my, my church made a movie in 20, 2013. It was called Genesis. It was kind of like a, it's a combination of the book of Genesis and steampunk. 
I'm not kidding, unfortunately, but you can <laughs> you can go back and look at that if you want. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not suggesting that. Uh, maybe I'm suggesting that, but no, it doesn't have to be. What I'm suggesting fits their culture. Yeah, if it fits their but culture, you need to sure. Contextualize <laughs> definitely. Steampunk Genesis. Think about it. Give it a shot. <laughs> um, but the fact is, is, is that we want your church to think differently and, and start to recognize that there's opportunities beyond what you're already doing. And truthfully, a lot of the time, it's activating your volunteers that are looking for an opportunity to be challenged beyond, I don't know, serving coffee and, and changing a diaper. There, there are other things volunteers can do rather than just complimenting what's happening in the weekend service. And, and that's what I would love for us to, to recognize. And we're looking for churches that are willing to be challenged on this. We're through the Learning Community with Leadership Network. We're looking for churches that, that want to take it to the next level, that, that want to move beyond the, the metric of, of weekend, that want to see people discipled digitally. I want to see people empowered on mission, recognizing their cause and starting to be released out into it. That, that I want to look at digital communities as a missional community. I want to go on mission trips, literally mission trips into, into digital community, into gaming, in, into all sorts of different spaces digitally and be the light of Christ missionally in the middle, midst of social media, in the midst of Twitter, in the midst of Facebook groups, in the midst of Discord and, and, uh, and the metaverse and the things like that. And so this is what we're looking for here uh, with, with the le- learning community, the digital discipleship learning community, Tyler and I are putting together through Leadership Network. Once again, it's leadnet.org, L-E-A-D-N-E-T.org slash D-L-C for Digital Learning Community. Coupon code Tyler, save you a hundred bucks off of that. And so Tyler, man, it's just, are, are you excited about the learning community? Like what, what, what are you most excited about as you're looking forward to this? Yeah, sometimes you feel like you're on an island, especially as a lead pastor, um, because there's just not a lot of lead pastors, at least in my sphere, that are um, thinking uh, in terms of the way that we're trying to think. Um, And so I'm excited to connect with some other people that are ready to, I don't know, throw stuff against the wall and see if it sticks with us. Um, And then maybe we can figure out how to make each other better. Awesome. Yeah, that that's the beauty of a learning community is, is that uh, we learn from you, you learn from us. And uh, after throwing a bunch of, what did, what did, what did you say? Throwing a bunch you of- Just throw, throw stuff at the stuff wall. At the wall. So I started to say sticks. throw crap at the wall, but it's like, that's that's it's not what you yeah, say. Crap right I don't want to throw yeah. crap. I mean, that's that's what yeah. I tell my kids, but that that's not podcast language. Forgive me. Throw stuff against the wall, see what sticks. There's a little bit of that. And then there's some, hey, let's aim while, while we're throwing that at the wall and, and see what we can can get from it. And so more information there at uh, leadnet.org slash DLC. And then, of course, we've got leadnet.org slash MLC for the Metaverse Learning Community. Stuart McPherson was on last week, and we were talking about the Metaverse Learning Community. Maybe you're looking to get a little more edgy with some virtual reality and, and, and get into that. Uh, we've got mission trips and other opportunities there with uh, the Metaverse Learning Community, MLC. And so, hey, awesome. Tyler, that's listen, it's always fun hanging out with you, man. I I I, uh, I wish I could do a podcast with Tyler every week. And uh, sadly, I cannot. So maybe maybe in, in another life. Um, but hey, as, as we're <laughs> as we're wrapping up here, Tyler, any any closing thoughts? Yeah, I would just uh, encourage you guys to think outside the box. Um, oh, I, I first of all, I encourage you to go um, to the LeadNet website and sign up for our learning community because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But beyond that, start thinking outside the box because God's kingdom is a whole lot bigger 
than just one hour or two hours on a Sunday morning in a building together. Um, and I have seen firsthand him move in some crazy ways. Um, if you just allow him to do that. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Releasing control may be the hardest thing your, your church will have to do to go through this process, but uh, releasing it and, and allowing God to move uh, through you um, is, is beautiful when, when it happens. And, and you get to see the growth of the people underneath you who are, who are taking leaps and bounds because you're pouring into them in the process and then empowering and releasing them to do what God's called them to do, not what you're telling them to do, not what you voluntold them to do. I, and I totally get the voluntold thing. I've been on a church staff. I know how it works. But there's an opportunity to to watch God grow that individual far beyond what your uh, abilities are. And you get to be the the vehicle that platforms others and helps others on the journey. It's And that's, at a personal level, I just believe that that's what God's called the church to be, uh, especially here in, in 2023. And on that note, we're going to land the plane. So check out leanet.org slash DLC, uh, coupon code Tyler or leanet.org slash MLC. If you're interested in Metaverse, go ahead and do coupon code uh, STUNAMI, S-T-U-N-A-M-I for that one. Either way, you get a hundred bucks off their respective uh, learning communities. We'll get you going. Any questions, you can hit me up 484-324-8724. That's myself. So go ahead and text me. Don't call me. Don't be that guy. Don't be that girl. Text me and, and we can have the conversation. But... We're going to land the plane and, and we got to go. So for, for Tyler, this is Jeff, the Church Digital, Digital Church Network. Thanks for being on the podcast here. We'll see you next time on the show. You all have a good day.